2019, and we are live on Loudmouth Radio Network. Happy New Year to all of our listeners. I hope everyone has enjoyed the renewal of a new year. I don't know about you guys, but I was so glad to see 2019 come in. And you know what? As a radio network, we actually ended 2018 on a high note and uh, had a wonderful show on December 31st. And March right into the new year. And today we're going to start out with another fantastic show. Very, very excited about this particular show because my wife, Jazzy, has had me so amped about this information and uh, this amazing individual that we're going to have an opportunity to hear and learn from. And today, I don't know about you guys, I'm going to be handling my Twitch board, but I, I'm going to tell you, I got my notepad, my pen ready. I got my phone. I got everything in hand because I know this brother's going to knowledge on us and give us some education that we probably are not even prepared for. And at the same time, have an opportunity to open up into a window of an amazing family and a, a dynamic in history that is so important for us to be able to know um, each other's walk, right? That's why we're here. We're live. 
for these purposes, and today's show will not disappoint. I, I think that anyone that comes in, whether you come in at the beginning of the show, middle, even at the end, the great thing about us is we are on air. You have the opportunity to hear this show at any phone convenience, 24-7, on-demand, playback. And it's the great thing about my radio. And we're also celebrating our sixth year on air. This is an amazing time for us. I'm very excited as the creator and the founder and the producer of this network of loudmouthradio.com. And you know what? It's been a long time coming to get to this point. And we're really looking forward to bringing some dynamic content. And today's going to be a great way to start that trend off for 2019. My co-host, my supporter, Jazzy Jones-Smith is going to bring you something dynamic. She said, well, you know what? Our first show in the new year is going to be this show. I said, okay. And fair enough, we're looking to have this show a couple of weeks ago. But unfortunately, um, Jazz actually lost her mom. And so we kind of had to rejuvenate, recruit, recuperate from that circumstance. And we're still healing and dealing with, you know, anybody else would in, in, in death and in loss. But we do not want to... Um, deny the opportunity to have some uplifting and uh i can't wait you guys to have this opportunity i'm going to bring jazzy in and i'm gonna make sure all our listeners are tuned in i'm going to give you the studio phone number and it's going to be repeated through the broadcast so that way um if, if you're on social media we're dropping the links we do have the hyperlinks for you to listen right in on air and if you're if you're somewhere at work, you're somewhere where you can't really call in, you can go right to our live broadcast at blogradio.com slash loudmouthradio with two D's, L-O-U-D-D-M-O-U-T-H, radio.com. And if you have your own ability to call in, that studio line number is 347 so, Jazzy, I'm making sure that you're here with us on a high note and ready. Your microphone ready, honey? Uh, my mic is ready, but I was going to say you might want to check your connection with yours. You sound a little bit bubbly. Um, you know, every now and then we okay. have some technical difficulties. But nevertheless, I am so excited. Thank you so much, producer, um, co-host. I'm co-producer. Y'all, did y'all hear the producer say that she is the originator, the founder, the everything there would be no radio without Jazzy. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, goodness. I'm just Here saying. We go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing <laughs> taken away, okay? My God. Thank you so go, much. Guys. Thank I'm you so much. Form. Look, in, in my humble form. opinion. <laughs> yes. But, but I just wanted to H- say. How about. Yes, go ahead, Jess. I just wanted to say, since you have made all of these wonderful speeches, um, Happy New Year definitely is appropriate. Um, we are in the studio. We have our baby dogs with us in the studio, so um, we wanted to bring them on to start the new year off with the, the four of us because we do stuff together. So Ziggy Marley, Zoe Mandela, our Maltese, and our Schnauzerpoo are in the studio with us. We started this thing out how many years now, has it been? Six. Six. Or five. We said it six. Oh, no, honey. Oh we, my God. we just rolled over. It is did we just roll over? This yes, is so did. great. This is so great. Yes, well, we I am so honored. As usual, um, you know, we started the show uh, many years ago, and my show is The Bare Truth, Love Life, Sex, and Flowers, just because I love them. And, yeah, we talk about all of that. We bear it all, and tonight is no different. I okay. um, met this young man who's coming on our show 
right after our commercial break. Um, that's coming on the show. I met him through Facebook. I love, love, love Facebook. Some people don't. But for me, Facebook works so tremendously because I use it for what it's supposed to be used for. I connect with friends I know, and I create friends I don't know that hopefully, like this particular show, we will have long-lasting conversations and experiences. But he is absolutely amazing. So what I want you to do, as you all know, in case you forgot, go get your favorite drink. You know me. Me and my coffee, sometimes tea. Tonight I'm having ginger tea. But grab your favorite beverage, kick your feet up, sit back and relax, and get ready to be educated. If you want to call in, 347-826-7520. I'm out of breath. Hold on. <sighs> okay. So um, anyway, I gained like 20 extra pounds, so that takes a lot <laughs> to get all that out. But nevertheless, grab your favorite beverage, kick your feet up, Sit back and input, listen, relax, learn, interject, and just be a part of our community because this show is amazing. So, Sunday, I'm going to give it back to you. We're going to go to commercial, and then we're bringing in our featured guest all the way from Cambridge, Massachusetts. You know what? I love it. And I think it's only fair that Jazz, I guess I should, should I do the bio, the introduction and everything? That sound good? I think you should do that. Sounds like a plan. All right, y'all. We are live right. on my radio. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Insurance Associates Atlanta, formerly Mathis Insurance Services, is an independent agency offering personal, commercial, life, and health insurance products to meet the needs of your business and your family. We specialize in helping you protect all of your assets, whether you're purchasing insurance for the first time or searching for better products at a better price. Feel free to contact us at 770-483-0310. We're conveniently located at 1030 Remington Drive in Conyers, Georgia. Visit us online at insurance-iaa.com. Back on Loudmouth Radio. I hope that everyone is doing awesome. Tonight's show, A Journey to Preserve Gullah Geechee Language and Culture from South Carolina to Harvard University. So I know you've heard us speaking of, a, of this amazing guest, and I want to make sure that I take the time to make pronounce his name correctly. Sun Michu is a native of the Geechee family from Mount Holly, South Carolina. He's an artist, an actor, a writer, a poet, a singer, a skater, a chef and a conversationalist that's on a journey to preserve the Gullah Geechee language. Now, in his culture, the family's land has been honored at Mama's house. And Sun Summachu, I don't want to mess it up, has the prestigious honor to teach seventh graders from Cambridge Public Schools in regards to cultural roots, identity, and language inside at Harvard Hall at Harvard University. He says his goal for his classroom is to be a space of learning and living the language he teaches, growing up on land owned and tended by his family, dating all the way back to 1850. Now, this story of how his great-grandfather planted an old tree that now towers over the rural low country and his family's land, um, I'm sure you're going to hear so much more in depth about it once uh, we get him on air. And Mama's house, as he's affectionately has referred to it, is the heart of the community, having her chicken coops, clucking, billy coops, grazing, 
cheese and excuse me, honorary geese chasing and wild cons and cherries, um, different uh, fruits like apples and vegetables and blackberries. You know, this, this is making me hungry, actually. <laughs> I love the fresh fruit. Um, but I'm sure he's going to be able to share so much about so many things that her home has been to her community. Now, unfortunately, there was recently a fire um, to the home that has displaced his mom and has disrupted the land. And so the family is working at this point to bring together resources and good Samaritans together to rebuild her home this year. And, you know, we already know what we're dealing with in the climate of gentrification and developers trying to come in and take over. I'm sure he's going to touch on all of those things. So as he, um, I want to allow him to come on air at this point and for you guys to just uh, hone on in. Welcome yes. to Top Radio. Thank you. Hello. Hi, my love. Welcome. Hey, hey, how are you doing? (laughs) We are doing so well with the exception of totally butchering your name. So for everybody that is listening, please so eloquently pronounce that beautiful name. (laughs) It's it's Michelle, like Oscar Michelle, the filmmaker. Uh, In in writing, it, um, it it looks a little different in writing because of the hyphenated. But I'm I'm just glad yes. you didn't say Mick uh Mick Ho, which <laughs> so, no, which some people have mispronounced it as yeah, like, as Mick Ho, but it, it, you know, it's it's Michelle. Like think Michelle with Michelle. Michelle. Yeah. Okay, so Michelle. say it say it all together one more time for me. Oh, son Michelle. Son yeah, Michelle. I love it. Son Michelle. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So this is our official hello, how you do. Hello, welcome. I am good. How are you? Oh, my goodness. We we have been talking um, for the audience. We have been talking for, what, a little bit of a month maybe now. Um, yes. When I first saw you are amazing, I fell in love with you just for, from telling your story, um, which, of course, I want that initial story um, repeated for those that have not heard it because many people have. You do have quite a lot of followers, but we want you to have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers just because you are so amazing and uh, what you're doing is amazing. But I met you through your through somebody else's post, and then I went and searched and found you. I was a stalker, kind of, sort of, in a nice way <laughs> because yeah. it was so amazing to me how um, people miss, um perceive you to be one way when you're totally someone and something else. And simply because not only is he a very gorgeous black man, but he happens to have beautiful long locks, which we all know the majority of people's um, perception of people with locks are uh, of dread. Notice I didn't say dreadlocks, but their perception is one of, of, of people who do not work, they're not clean, and all of this. Yeah. So I would love for you to introduce yourself, and if you would start with that story, and we can go from there, that would just be amazing. Yeah. Hi. I'm. Um. Well, as you said, I'm. I'm. Uh. So I'm Michelle. I'm an artist. I'm an activist, social commentator. Um. But uh, most uh, notably, at the moment, I am also the Gullah language teacher at Harvard University, which is the. Ooh, um, ooh. 
this, which is which is the first uh, Gullah class, Gullah language class at Harvard University. And if I'm not mistaken, at any other um, university um, for a course of its kind, there are history classes and things about the culture, et cetera, but I believe this is the only language course of its kind um, at any university or any level in school. So I'm mm-hmm. excited about that. Um, which is actually, which Well, and that's what brought us around to the post that you most likely saw um, where <laughs> well, there were two of them back to back that I posted mm-hmm. that I posted back to back, and they kind of went viral, um, feeding off of one another. And um, one of which, the story that, that you just um, alluded to, um, I was you know standing there. I think it was on on on, um, on the bus on the way back home from um, uh, from campus, and this woman had turned around and and she paid me a really you know, pleasant compliment. She um, started out well enough and said how much she really loved um, my hair. And mm-hmm. before I could even respond and say, you know, thank you or, you know, anything of the sort, she immediately followed it up with, um, you know, but it must be, <laughs> it must be uh, <laughs> difficult, like being gainfully employed. Like, you know, what do you do? And um and, and listen, this isn't the first time um of course. something of course. like that has happened and it's usually in the context of, of casual sort of polite racism, um, where the mm-hmm. person who's guilty of it is is would be surprised and, and they typically are when you point out the racist um nature of what they've right. done. Exactly. And, and, and but you know I think that we've all um, you know particularly black people have those days when we're just not here for it. I mean, with, you know, it's one of those not today. Yes. <laughs> not <laughs> like, today, ma'am. Not yeah, today. Just, you know, just not yeah, today. You know, give me a break. You know, and so it's one of those moments where I, I really wasn't um, trying to have a teachable moment or or go through the whole thing of correcting her or whatever. So I just flashed my Harvard ID um, at her and said, um, actually, I teach at Harvard. And just she just immediately got, um, you know, beat red in the face and, and tried to explain. And all I could say was just bye. Yes. No, no, no. Man, no, no. I know she ate all her no. Not today. Yeah. Yes, not bye. today. Bye. Yes. And, and, and in, that, in that moment, I wanted, I guess I wanted to go, um, a part of me wanted to go further about, um, you know, her preconceived notions and her prejudice and it shouldn't matter where I work or, you know, mm-hmm. like all this other mm-hmm. stuff, you know, there was, a, there was a, there was a moment there to be had for, to, to teach her. But, you know, sometimes you, I, look, I just clocked out from teaching. Yeah. You know, I was not in the mood to teach in that moment. Just, you know, keep it moving and, and remember this the next time around. And um, mm-hmm. those are those are the types of of things um, that you deal with. But the one that 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 um, really uh, went um, viral e- above even that particular um, post was the one where I was actually leaving uh, to go back home in in um, Charleston, South Carolina, and the TSA agent saw mm-hmm. my hat that had a Harvard insignia on it, and um and he said, you know, nice hat. Once again. Here comes the compliment up front, but all you have to do is just wait a second. <laughs> just wait for just, it. Wait for it. Yep. 
and he immediately follows it up with, um, did you earn it? Wow. Uh-uh. You know, um, I, I'm not even really sure what, what, what that is supposed to mean. In a, in a, in a, I mean, if I'm wearing a, I don't know, if I'm, I'm wearing a Clemson hat or, I mean, he might have assumed I was a fan of Clemson. You know, if I'm wearing a USC or, or some other type, Notre Dame mm-hmm. sweatshirt mm-hmm. or whatever, I'm, somehow I don't see um, him asking me that question. But this is Boston where Harvard um, has, a, has a, a, you know, a, a deep and wide presence. And so, right. um, mm. you know, he, he, his immediate thing was to ask me, did I earn it? And, um, you know, the implications were obvious. And um, I just said, yeah, no, nah, I bought it. And um, he had this kind of look of, hmm, on his face. Right. And I said, you know, yeah, I said, like you I know, with, yeah, with the paycheck <laughs> that I, you know, with, I said, you know, yeah, with my, um, you know, paycheck that I got from Harvard for teaching, you know, two languages, three courses, or, you know, like different different courses of, um, you know, sections of, of two languages. And, um, wow. and then he just was like, you know, oh, uh, and it's that same thing, you know. Well, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. good, good for good for you, good for you. I'm like, you know, right, good job. come on now. You know, I I don't need you to you know pat me on the head or you know, come on, come on, let's not. Can we, man? Just let me get my my boarding pass. Right. Can I just <laughs> let me get on, get on the plane? And and you know, the thing about stories like that is there are people who will sometimes ask like, well, why do you talk about you know? racism so much or this or that so much or whatever, they 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 make it seem or perhaps they believe that I just wake up in the morning and, you know, wringing my hands like, mm, I can't wait to talk about some racism. What can today. I say to that? Yeah. You know, yeah. There are many <laughs> days, and, and this is the thing that I don't think a lot of people understand, is there are many days, if not most days, when black people are just going about our day. We we exactly. are not we are not here for any friction for any kind of ruckus. We are just trying to go get some ice cream or or go get our paper or you know play with a water gun in the park, you know mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. get get a pack of cigarettes. Like we're just doing regular mm-hmm. everyday thing or or you know play with an airsoft pistol in the park, you know and right. and right. not get shot in less than two seconds flat. I mean because that's literally where you're supposed to play with airsoft pistols in in wide open spaces in the park. Like that's where you're supposed to play with them. And so we are literally just trying to get our groceries and go about our day. And most of these instances that we talk about on social media, when you hear black people posting on Twitter or on on Instagram Mm -hmm. and different places – what you're hearing is, in most cases, a response to someone who just couldn't walk by while we were trying to grill outside. Someone who couldn't right. really walk by while we were trying to, you know, hustle some bottled water on a, on a hot day. Like someone who couldn't just leave us alone when we we're trying to swipe our car to get in our own apartment. Like just, if you just mind your business, mm-hmm. just that part. Mm-hmm. Like, you you mind your business. I'm not. I'm not going to sing the Mind Your Business Ministry song by Dexter I'm not going to do it because y'all not ready. But, yes, that is a whole ministry called Mind Your Business. And well, it, it, I'm it just works. saying. It works. If, if you're so upset about us talking about racism so much, you can actually help that, quote, problem 
and you can reduce that quote problem mm-hmm. exponentially mm-hmm. if you just mind your business. Just, just stop. Or that's you know what this this is a conversation. Excuse me, this is a conversation that I had the other day um, with a young lady who is of mixed race. And she's extru- she could pass. Back in the day, she would have been able to pass for black or white, okay? And she mm-hmm. identifies as black, but she is Creole. Um, she's Jewish, of Russian Jewish. Her mom is Russian Jewish. Her father was Creole. And so she's very, very light-complected and has a serious afro and extremely light blue eyes, okay? So she catches it. But we were having the conversation that the problem is it is not that we should not have a conversation about race relation. We should definitely have the conversation. But the problem is how the conversations, like you said, it is the politeness of racism that we're getting. It is not that you really want to have an ask and tell questionnaire. It is. I'm going to tell you something cute because I know you're going to come in with the angry black man if I come in too hard, but I'm going to slip in my punch at the same time. That's not conversation. You know, and and <laughs> that's, that's the thing is, in most instances, um, it's unfortunate because some people, sometimes, um, you know, my friends who aren't black will make their observation. Um, they'll say, oh, man, you're better than me. I would have done da 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 Or, you're, man, you're so much, you're, you're nicer than me. Like, I would have, look, I ain't that nice, okay? Mm-hmm. Black people, mm-hmm. we're not that nice. What you're saying is being said from a position of privilege. What you mean mm-hmm. to say, although you don't mean to say it, is that you are so insulated with privilege that right. you get to actually do the thing that you're talking about that you, that you would have done, you would have slapped her in the face. I would have, yeah, sure, you can do that. And right. you can possibly get away with it. I was to do that. Or if any one of the two of you were to do that, the way that mm-hmm. it would be perceived and the way that it would be prosecuted, the way that it would be punished would be completely different. So when you're telling completely black people, different. when you're complimenting black people on how much nicer we are, in a sense, you're wallowing in your privilege all up in our face by telling us, what you would have done from your perspective of protection, a protection yeah, we do yeah. not have. So don't right. don't tell us, even if you mean well, don't tell us what you would have done. Why don't you go do that? Use mm-hmm. your privilege to do something, to be about it instead of talking about it. Let me see you use your privilege, flex it in a way right. that is actually you know, progressive and productive. Have that conversation instead of talking with me about the racist in your family, go talk to your racist family. And My so that way, well, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. won't have to do the the heavy lifting for you. And you get to, to be about what you talk about, okay, which mm-hmm. I presume is, 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 is your goal, okay, because we don't need cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. got this. Just go do something. Mm-hmm. You know, like my grandma used to say, go find yourself some business. Okay, that's right. all you need to do. I know that's right. And, and so, so, and but, you know but that's the. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I say is, is that's the thing is that what's perceived in many instances when we see you know uh, people who have um, there's a there's a there's a thing that's called uh, for the most part 
um, that I've, I've heard, you know, women use uh, the phrase, it's the resting B-word face. And it's the face, mm-hmm. the facial expression that women um, describe as people assuming that they're upset or angry or assuming there's something wrong just by the look of their naturally relaxed face. For some right. reason, right. because you're not smiling, because you're not entertaining, because you're not playing into the niceness that they want to see, they feel like there's something, you know, there's uh, the, the B word about your face. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what I've found is there's actually a phenomenon, you know, called the resting black face. Where mm-hmm. no if way. you are just black and sitting there, black and looking out the window, <laughs> black and, and minding your business, if yes, you are not yes. doing something or performing some sort mm-hmm. of, of action that shows that you are not a threat, if you're not performing or behaving in a way that shows that, that somehow um, you're here to make people comfortable around you. People assume that you're angry. People assume that that, mm-hmm. that you're up to something. There's, they assume that, that they make all these, these assumptions or whatever. And when I walk through the door and I've got dreadlocks down to my thighs, and so mm-hmm. oh wow, you know, I've I you know I come through the door. I'm um, six foot, dark skin, locks down to my legs, and you know the beard and nobody. And if, before I say anything. There are, there are going to be people yeah, there's who a have, perception. you know, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And so there's I have perception. to bear that, in, bear that in mind. And um, one of the interviewers um, who in the very first time that I did an article about um, me being at Harvard, uh, the person interviewing me led the conversation with, yeah, you didn't look like an academic. That's what he wow. said to me. He, he, yeah, he, he literally said, you don't look like an academic. Wow. And I'm wondering, like, what does that mean? Now, of course, I had a, a very frank conversation with the, with the, the editor, the person's editor, um, mm-hmm. about some of the, the issues with not only the article but the, but the interview. And because this person was Latino, they, they were like, what are you trying to say about them? And I'm like, see? And there it is. Instead of understanding what I'm trying to explain to you, what we hear on the receiving end of your, um, what was the word she used? Um, she said something like it was like basically a poetic flourish or something of that nature. Like, you know, it's just a turn of phrase sort of deal. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, I'm, I'm making too much out of it. Um, so when someone is, is saying, um, and one of my uh, friends, KJ um, Kearney, and I were talking about this on, on set of an interview with Charleston Magazine, which was an amazing interview. Shout oh, out to yes. So that, yes. And so, uh-huh. you know, and so when we were talking about it, um, I had made mention of this different um, article that I won't mention. I'm not giving them a shout out. But um, <laughs> this, this different uh, this different um, article made mention of it, and um, they had referred to um, you know my travels in a way that was just a little bit too casual. Like they made it you know seem like I was just basically like bouncing. Uh, that's what mm-hmm. it bouncing. I was bouncing from you know from the East Coast to LA and from LA to New York, like you know like bouncing. Hmm. That's wow. a, and and that, that a term that he used. Um, well, yeah, you know, they, they <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, you know what? 
I'm 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 glad I have y'all on the line because this can actually settle uh, something um, that we we've, we've talked about because this was actually a conversation. And I, wait, hold on, before I go any further, is it okay if we have like more of a conversational style? I don't know if you had like an interview thing. And in we have no, this that's is exactly how format. We this is why we love to do what we do because it's our show. We're not regulated, and we're able to talk freely. So this okay. is when you asked me, I said, we will just talk like good old friends, haven't talked in a long time. And along the way, we have education and knowledge that's thrown out there and received. So it's a good, good click. So well, I, I appreciate that. I know, I know sometimes, um, you know, in, in, in radio formats, especially with um, audiences, they want they have a format to – it's easier to follow, but but um, so if, if I meander a little bit, then go ahead and rein me in. You're quite um, all right. Go right ahead. Cool. Well, um, the way that uh, I was explaining it before, and also um, the way that um, my friend, um, you know, KJ and I were talking about um, as to why um, the term that was used was a little bit. You know, it's it it problematic. Is because we're listening to it from with the ears of people who are used to discerning. Um, there's like code speak, okay? Mm-hmm. There's code speak, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And we and we in fact ourselves uh, become masterful at code switching. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the thing is when someone says that I spent my time bouncing between Charleston, Los Angeles, and New York mm-hmm. to many, before I even say it, what does that say to you? <laughs> what, if someone says I spent my time bouncing. That you're bouncing, not stable. You're not right, stable. right. That's, that's yeah, the impression you're not stable. It's Thank not you. that you're exploring like most people in your world traveler, but you're not stable because if you were stable, you wouldn't be here then everywhere. First of all, how can you even afford to do all of that? That's the next question that usually comes to us because we right. get the same thing. <laughs> well, and, you know, when um, KJ and I was uh, talking, I said I, I was explaining to um, some of the people on the set how um, that was an issue. I said um, the connotation of the word for black people is, is basically you bum-fumbling. And mm-hmm. the other, the other, which is interesting that you both are familiar with that term because the two other people that we were speaking to who were themselves awesome, um, the staff, the writers, the photographers, everybody at uh, Charleston uh, Magazine were awesome. And so we were just having a conversation, and they, they were simply unfamiliar with the term uh, bum fumbling. They hadn't they had mm-hmm. heard it before. And mm-hmm. um, KJ was there, and then my brother was there, and we all were there. Um, saying, okay, this is what bum fumbling means to um, to black people, and that's why that term bouncing being applied to them was basically disrespectful. But when right. you're com- trying to explain that to someone who's more concerned about literal meanings of words and, and defending their position and their narrative, instead of mm-hmm. being able to use some degree of empathy or some degree of mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. separating themselves from themselves and, and having some, the self-awareness to say, hey, maybe if I'm doing a story about Gullah Geechee people and these Gullah Geechee mm-hmm. people speak 
a different language. They literally speak a different language. That's not like a metaphor. Right. They literally right. speak yes. a different no. language. Yes. Right. And, yes. and this language is um, infused with English words. Therefore, mm-hmm. there are going to be times when, and um, I actually just did a segment on this today, where there are standard English words that take on different meanings in the Gullah Geechee lexicon. And so... Like for, what, for an example. When you, Okay, a perfect example would be something that's very, very basic, which is skin. The word mm-hmm. skin. Like okay. everybody has an idea that skin is essentially... You know the as the the gelatinous covering of your you know exoskeleton like you know um, it's the, it's right. the skin, it's the porous thing that covers your um, your body. Okay, mm-hmm. in Gullah culture, skin is either going to be used in the context of self or butt. And wow. so an example Wait a minute. would be when you self tell, or butt. Are you saying or or your butt? Oh, it's, your butt. It's okay. actually your yeah your butt or oh, your 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 a word. So if you see somebody, if a kid uh-huh. is jumping up, if you see your, your, a kid jumping up on your coffee table, you would turn to them mm-hmm. and say, "Boy, get your skin off that table." They say, "Boy, wow. get your skin off that table." You know, if you say Mm-mm. see some a boy running across the street, say, "Boy, get out that street." You know, get your skin off that street. And so when you inter- interchange it. If somebody's talking to you and you don't believe them, and mm-hmm. whereas you would normally say, like, you know, somebody says, um, yeah, I did such and such, well, mm-hmm. your skin, as in, that's a lie, I don't believe you. Your skin is the same thing that people mean when they say your A word, as in, that's a lie, I don't believe you. So whenever you utilize right, gotcha. your skin in four or five different ways, if, mm-hmm. if somebody's but it's still the word um, skimming is being used in, in, in different ways in our in our language when we use it. Um, the word book, everybody knows you know what the word book means, but in, in our language, book means to move about quickly. So if someone says that, you know, um, boy, I'm one tail bus around that corner, boy, I start bucking down the road. I mean, you know, in other words, when the police came around the corner, I started running away very fast. Mm-hmm. You know, so if wow. somebody says, you know, if somebody says that, um, you know, if you, you tell someone um, that you were startled by what they did and that you were about to run away, say, boy, the skate, I bought the book. You know, so when I'm about the book, mm-hmm. it means I was about to run. And so okay. it's the same word, B-O-O-K, but instead of it meaning, um, you know, a bound, you know, collection of, of pages or whatever, the, the definition of a book, it means right. it's a verb. It means right, to and, I, and that's so funny because I can remember, I can remember as a as a as a kid, we we would say that kind of in a sense and say, man, he was booking it, meaning he was running fast. Yeah. And we exactly. would say that in the slang slang terminology, man, I was booking it. I had to get a part of it. Yeah. So I can I can I can and say she, that. And she's from Chicago. Exactly. Right. Well, and you you got to remember a lot of Chicagoans um, should remember that oh, they were the populated migration. by many migrated mm-hmm. from the south. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. That's and right. So that's well, you thing. know, you are absolutely right when it comes down to uh, like you're saying, having that understanding. If you're ask, if we're asking you to our show, and the title of our show even remotely has gully teacher in it, just 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 a little bit. The sensitivity needs to be a little bit more expanded for certain things to me. 
but I I live in the same the same body, the same skin color, the same identity. Yes. So I get it. So many people, even like you're saying, you know, uh, a person of Hispanic descent or another person from another another uh, uh, country, they often forget the disparities that they themselves have when coming to this country, right? And so oh, then okay. when you encounter us or encounter you, and then you're saying things and saying, "Hey, you know that was a little bit insensitive." It 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 all it goes right back to well, there's the man angry black man and the man angry black woman. True. Exactly. Exactly. And see that that's yeah. the thing is when it's it's because I know when I'm speaking to this person, I'm trying to explain to them. Your audience, because the article is dealing with a major event and achievement of a Gullah Geechee person for the Gullah Geechee community, the majority of the people who will be sharing this information will be us. And there's a certain language that we use that some of this runs afoul of the way that we express ourselves. And so I'm trying to educate this person on how to avoid that. And, okay. and instead of instead of taking it, um, in, in that moment and processing it in a positive way, like, you know, oh, I didn't know that. Like, if you if you were using, um, if you were doing an inter- interview with someone and, um, and you said that you know, they were an Indian giver and this person was an indigenous yeah. person, but to you, you, you didn't mean Indian giver in a racist sort of way, but they're trying to explain to you that it is indeed racist nonetheless. If you use right. terms like, you know, you know, peanut gallery, and the person saying, "Hey, that's a problematic thing as well," and here's why. I mean, there are the the, the I think one of my posts that I have now um, is about that how people use different um, phrases and things, and they don't understand how problematic those phrases are because they're so casual right. and normal. Um, and that you, sometimes there's a word that's staring you right in the face, and you don't even notice it. Um, so there are lots true. of people who, so who use the word. There's Jerry rig, and then there's mm-hmm. inward rig, and we mm. use a lot often use inward rig, and a lot of people don't even hear the inward in that. It's it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. to them it's it's one word, not separate, and 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 they'll stop and say, "Whoa, I never even noticed it was saying right. the inward in that word." You know, mm-hmm. and that's how in your face and casual it is. And so th- th- that's part of the thing. I was actually grateful in the end. I mean, I have a pretty pretty solid, um, you know, social media base, and I probably could have dragged um, the publication, but I wouldn't do that. Um, okay. First of all, if, because it would have been so so personal and so so about me and taken right. away from this really positive thing that I was trying to spread for everyone. Um, it would have yeah, just changed yeah. the narrative in a way that wasn't that wasn't necessary in that moment um to do that um for something, you know, for for me. Um I wanted mm-hmm. it to be something that was for everyone and I I remained, you know, tight lipped about it and left it at that. And, and and to me my goal from that point was, well instead of obsessing about this one um particular article, why don't you just go about doing what you need to do to inspire other people to be curious enough to come calling 
and correct that um, in right. future articles. Make sure that you represent right. well. Make sure that you're, first of all, you use discernment about who you do and don't do interviews with. Oh, um, my God, yes. That. And, in, and, and also just um, try to represent and just never make it about me because I did not teach myself this language. I grew up in the culture mm-hmm. of hearing right, it every day, right, being taught right. this every day collectively. The uh, mm-hmm. people who, in, in, who created the language um, were not academics. They did not mm-hmm. you know, teach at Harvard. They did not attend Harvard. They did not attend school um, in the Western um, sense, at least. Um, they were educated and enlightened people, of course, and creating the language and managing to maintain it all these years was a work of genius. But in the Western cultural um, context of, of academics, these people created this from uh, response to the conditions in order to be able to speak with one another and survive. Now, that being said, um, there's also um, the fact that we are communicating with one another and communicating with other people, and sometimes we need to be able to do both simultaneously without the two mixing. And so mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. We, we need to be able to speak to one another in the presence of others um, on a couple different wavelengths. And so, I, and I've had this actually happen in a situation where um, I was in a, a, well, I guess I'll say the name. I was in a department store. And mm-hmm. there was this person who was trying to get uh, a refund. It was a woman who was trying to get a refund, a, a, a black woman was trying to get a refund, mm-hmm. but she didn't have her receipt. Uh, the product was still intact, had the bag, had everything, but she did not have her receipt. She offered to show them where she had made the purchase for that exact amount on her card, like I can show you on my right. on my bank um, right. statement where I made the purchase from you. It was at this register. She had everything except the physical receipt. Um, and the person working the counter uh, was trying to explain to them, I understand what you're saying. Um, and it appears that you did purchase it from here, but I simply cannot do the transaction without a receipt. And she goes back and forth with the manager, and finally she ends up standing off to the side, and everyone else is waiting in line. Um, There are a few black people, some white people, all waiting in line in in separate lines, and um, she steps to the side, and she's upset, and um, she's doing something on her phone. I'm not sure what she was doing on her phone, but she's doing something on her phone, maybe texting someone or something. And you know, up steps another woman <laughs> who <clears throat> wants a refund without an ex- without a receipt. And mm-hmm. in short time, the woman is getting the refund without the receipt. Wow. Now, I don't even tell you the mm-hmm. difference between these two women. <laughs> and <laughs> One of these things are not like the other. <laughs> okay. And what ended up happening is in that moment, Every black person present turned around, gave each other this quick scan of a look, made a facial expression, Mm -hmm. and with, you know, I I did the whole clear my throat. The other one, like, "Mm mm-hmm, and you heard, that's all you heard was the course of mm mm-hmm, 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 all sorts of mm, Mm. you know, and no one said a word. No one said a word. And, a, and I turned around and just caressed wow. the back of my hand in their direction. And they're like, mm-hmm. You know, wow. everyone knew exactly what just happened and were able to communicate in that few-second span exactly what we were thinking 
to one another without saying a word. And I can't say that anybody else knew that anyone else there was privy to that conversation. Right. And, and, right. and that to me is what's important about the preservation of languages, these, these Creole languages, um, so to speak, um, of people who are able to communicate and preserve our, our word um, amongst ourselves. And, and one of the concerns that people had with my course at Harvard is that if I teach the language to people who are not Gullah Geechee, that I will somehow be giving away our voice, giving away our word, telling all of our mm-hmm. secrets, and mm-hmm. exposing our encoded language in order to be able to speak amongst ourselves. And, and you know, essentially, um, they, what they don't want is, because it's still considered to be the language, like this rebellious language, um, what they don't want is for it to be co-opted and taken over by people who are not Gullah. And I don't mean just white people. I mean even black people who are not Gullah Geechee. It's important yes, for yes. people who are Gullah Geechee um, to understand that there's a there's a lived experience. Um, there's, there's an experiential factor to, to being Gullah Geechee that's literally rooted in the land and the living condition um, mm-hmm. that that is is necessary in order to really embody being Gullah Geechee. Um, it's not something so much like you can't ask, as a, Jen, I'm sorry. Can, can no, you hear me? This is Sunny. You, I want to... Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to ask a question as you were saying that. With, with being in like 2019, right? Of course, there's still a population of new generations that are being born in that area. How thorough um, was the family's uh, lifeline as, as new generations of children are being born? How much is it being imposed to learn the language, to continue the language through the culture of the family, through the generations that are coming up now? Well, there's, there's three um, basic forms to virtually every language, which is Basilek, mm-hmm. um, Mesilek, and Acrolek. And the Basilek language is the least, um, typically it's, it's, it's the least, quote, educated, meaning that this is the mm-hmm. language of the people who are typically at the bottom rung. They are not infused um, in either English or infused, they're the least infused in English, um, and they're typically associated with um, the the less diluted, the least diluted language. Okay. okay. And uh, when I say educated, I don't mean intelligence. I mean literally has not been essentially whitewashed into you know out of its out of its purest state. Um, oh, mm-hmm. would be like the middle ground of that, um, the middle, the intermediate level. And acrobat is essentially that language. Uh, the accent of that language, but essentially standard English. So if you think um, with Jamaican Patois, if you go and you um, listen to the evening news in Jamaica, they're not going to sound like Vibes Cartel. They're not going to sound, you know, that's not how your newscaster or a politician is going to speak um, in Jamaica. But if you mm-hmm. speak to someone who's on the street and having a casual conversation or whatever, you may be speaking to someone who's either using Mesolek or Basilek um, English, depending on um, the person. And so mm-hmm. I said that to say 
that what we call, um, you know, Gullah, in Charleston at least, um, and in the surrounding areas, um, the epicenter of the, of the, the Gullah Geechee um, Cultural Heritage Corridor, which is uh, extends from about Jacksonville, um, North Carolina to Jacksonville, Florida, um, and mm-hmm. inland about 30 miles. So if you, you know, make a strip about you know, from Jacksonville to Jacksonville and inland 30 miles, that's essentially thought of as the corridor and um, the Sea Islands and uh, Charleston, the Barrier Islands, uh, are essentially the epicenter of that. And um, what's important about that is Gullah itself has evolved over time. So now some people think of it as, as of, of losing the language, but essentially the, the language is, is growing. It's not just um, mm-hmm. you know going away. It's it's growing and evolving. Now, okay. no one says like, oh, English is dying because no one still walks around speaking colonial English. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And right. So you know, so with Gullah, um, there is a component of it where it is to some degree literally dying out in in a certain form because generationally speaking and also geographically speaking. As the land gets taken away and people start to disperse and move away and the elders start to pass away, um, there's a certain form of Gullah, um, the Basilic form of Gullah, as in the original traditional Gullah Basilic in its Basilic form, um, that starts to go away. And then there's the um, Mesilek, which is now what we call uh, Geechee. Now, it's a little confusing because there are... Gullah Geechee people who refer to themselves solely as Geechee. Geechee is who they are. Gullah is the language they speak. There are people who are Gullah and they refer to themselves as Gullah and Geechee is the dialect that they speak. Gullah is the language. But essentially these are the same people. Okay? Okay. And with us, what's happening here is there's going to be that accent um, if I if I talk like this, young, then that's going to be probably what people look at as me select because most of the mm-hmm. um, accent, but then I still use words like e, and um, and most okay. of the time I still drop the um, the t off of my most. That's how it sounds. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I sound if I in um, in Charleston, then I could take the r out the Charleston, and that's what we we sound like. You know, Charleston. Um, Maybe Charleston instead yeah. of Charleston. And, and Charleston. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we don't even put the, the LL okay. on the y'all. It's just, you know, man, y'all tripping. You know, it's the boy. <laughs> it's so, so funny. That's so universally heard, and you can just hear um, the dynamic. I remember, I'm laughing because I remember when I first met Jazzy. I remember hearing this accent, and I know she had been around so many people. And I really, at, at, at first initial contact, I thought maybe she had a Gullah Geechee connection, um, which you hear in like New Orleans, um, some of that same kind of dialect of of speaking um, that could have you know have people migrated and come back up and through those lines. And mm-hmm, you'll mm-hmm. hear, um, you know, which is still Southern, you know, this is still that Southern belt line. Um, and you'll hear those accents. And 
I, I also I'm, I'm loving what you, you're giving us in regards to difference of the language in, in the people of who they are and how they speak. Because I've heard in I've heard because I went to school in uh, Savannah, Georgia, and so uh, there was quite a few people in South Carolina, you know, you know, right across the bridge from you know, uh-huh. right there. So I would hear people say, um, "Oh, you know, he he's Geechee or she's Geechee," and then I also say I also hear the person say, "Oh, she's talking Geechee." You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. To reference how they're speaking, and it's like it's like you're saying also who they are. And, well, and, and that's the thing. Um, that's also uh, used as a, as a pejorative. Like Geechee is wasn't always a compliment. So when you a right. lot of times right. that's say true. That, that somebody was Geechee, it was not meant as a, as a compliment. And that's even when what? it was being used by Gullah Geechee people. You know, True, and, and you like, know a lot of times uh, it was a term of saying like, "How we? Yeah, you sound like you talk country. You sound like you yeah, talk you talking country. You know what I'm saying? Bama, mm-hmm. ignorant. Yeah, yeah. right. And, and exactly. That's but you know that's exactly. that's a lot. Of, you know a lot. You know what that is? That's the same. You know, white supremacist conditioning that made calling right. a black person calling each other black an insult. Like even when you were growing up, right. you know, that's fighting mm-hmm. words. You call somebody black. That's like calling somebody exactly. Happy, which is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. So yeah. You know. <laughs> oh my God! We're unlearning so many things, though. Yeah, we're yeah, unlearning it, 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 so many things at this point in our it lives. It does. It does. It, it, well, it reminds me of when you're a kid and you're in the parks and the kids are like, "Oh, you're black, self, or you, you country." Yeah. You know, and it's, like you said, it's derogatory. But that's one of the funniest. Those are the funniest jokes um, when we're snapping oh, on no, each other, yeah. when the Jones on each other, when we. It's it's the use yes. of black jokes and you know black. This black, you know, is that we were the butt of the jokes and and our own jokes, and so right um, exactly that's that's one of the things though is is um that with the language what there's you know con- essentially contemporary Gullah which is is you know what we call Geechee, but it's basically um the, the those divisions of those those uh, levels of the language. Um, now a lot of what is presented as Gullah. Um, it is Gullah, but it's mostly Geechee, um, like the the original Basilek um, Gullah form um, had a lot more African, uh, you know, what we call loan words, a lot a lot of words that were literally um, carried over from Africa. And and I should also say that there's another part of this where. Um, some scholars believe, and there, there's not a general consensus believing between the two. Um, there are those who say that um, Gullah Geechee um, originated from, um, you know, the rice coast of Africa, and there are some who say right. that, that some of us were already here um, as indigenous um, people to this land. Um, some of who mm-hmm. were formed by the Gwale people around the Ogeechee um, River. Um, that that's where they believe it um, came from. Um, and right. there's, uh, you know, the the spelling of that word, um, uh, the indigenous people that refer that they're referring to, um, is actually G U A L E, as opposed to G U L L A H, and the African um, interpretation of that would have been um, Gola G O L A, uh, which they believe may possibly have either been a tribe in Sierra Leone and or um, short for Angola. So this is it's a combination of those two. Um, that 
you know, scholars have their differences of opinion um, and, and research as to which one is the true origin. But what we do know for sure um, is that their the language itself um, has been is is indigenous and created by uh, the people for the purpose of not only survival but the purpose of communication and has endured over the course of time um, by being rooted in the land and now that that land is being uh, taken, taken away, over. It, threatens our, mm-hmm. it, it threatens our way of life and the preservation of that language because it's no longer contained in an area. And, and I see that, right. that you know, Gullah's, Gullah's now getting popularized in a way that you know, Jamaican Patois was, um, you know, at one point, and um, especially right. with, the, with the, um, the explosion of, say, you know, Bob Marley and reggae and, and, and the music right, um, taking right. it to the international scene. Um, to where um, I remember I was in a in a department store again, and um, this little I hear behind me like you know Wagwan Rastaman, and I turn around and there's this little country you know white kid. He could have been maybe I don't know nine ten, and he's no. doing this like just faking accent, but he he meant it as a as a compliment. Like, you know, he just right. kind of launches into this, you know, fake Jamaican accent. I mean, and he's like, you know, Wagwan Rastaman, everything I read. And it sounds really, really, you know, not Jamaican at all. But he, And that's how he sounded, you know, like this Tennessean accent trying to do a Jamaican accent to speak to me, you know, because I had dreadlocks. And um, had, had um, in his mind, you know, Wagwan Dread. And I'm like, boy, we on my man. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> Dang. Who you in there with? Somebody come get this boy. Yeah, you're like, we doing Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. Wrong answer. Man, who you in here with? Somebody come get this boy. He <laughs> just came around me, boy. And so that, oh that's the goodness. thing is, is I'm sitting there, and, and that is what. Gullah Geechee people in the backs of our minds, as much as we applaud the fact that our language is becoming known to a greater degree as a language and not just bro- not broken English, not ignorant, not something of that nature like that, but an actual language, um, I think that a part of the concerns, and I, I don't know if I completed this thought, but a, a part of the concern is that um, we don't want it to be co-opted. We don't want it to be taken over, and we don't want it to be something that that ends up being trendy and detached from the original people. That anyone believes that they can just uh, use the Gullah Geechee accent and just be Gullah. Like that's not how it works. You can't even as a black you know person, as an as an African American, you can't hop on a plane, go to Jamaica land, start using a Jamaican accent and call yourself a Jamaican. Like, it doesn't work that way. You might get hit with a machete or something like that. <laughs> you know, you know it, it's just not something that, that and no one would actually think that that was a plausible thing. They, they, they just wouldn't believe that you can actually do that, but for some reason people think that you can just basically try on our culture like clothes and put it on and take it off whenever you feel like or whatever, you know, when it's fashionable. Well, but, you know, mm-hmm. those people were not the ones who were in the classroom with us um, dealing with a lot of the discrimination and the degradation in the classrooms because we weren't pronouncing words the way that we, quote, should have. 
when I'm being told that it's tomato and not tomato, you know, um, when I'm to being told that it's fish and not fish, you know, um, when I'm say, being told that it's shrimp and not scrimp, you know, and I, it, the, it, and the list goes on. And when we're in class and we're saying what we're supposed to be saying, but we're saying it our way and it's still unacceptable, you know. And so if somebody says that it's thirty dollars and you're Irish, then you get to say that. But if I say thirty dollars, then I can't say that because it's incorrect. And so you have to ask yourself, why is it? That uh, you get to say tro if in the event that it's tro for an Irishman, but if a Gullah person says tro, the exact same thing. It's acceptable when they don't look like us. Do you see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. if, if somebody says, you know, you shut your mouth. And if somebody is being told to shut their mouth, you know, and this person is Scottish, but when I say, well, no, you shut your mouth, and I'm, now, now it's correct. Now, how is it that these people, by the way, there's some influence in regards of how these people end up sounding similar when you consider who were our overseers in slavery, and you consider who right. were the ones that we right. had to communicate with when this language was being formed in these barrier islands between the enslaved people and the people who were the ones that were working either beside them as indentured servants or um, above them with the whip as their form. Right. And you have, and so people ask, like, you know, isn't it funny how, um, you know, some Gullah phrasing sounds so much like Irish or, you know, you know, mm-hmm. it actually is not mm-hmm. funny. When you consider who the patty rollers were and what their jobs were, they no, it's actually not funny, but I know what you mean. And so to this day, exactly. when you have when you have the the, the the things that the enslaved formerly enslaved people and the former enslavers have in common linguistically, how much of a slap in the face is it when one of them gets to be correct and the other is incorrect, even when those things are things that they have in common. You see what I'm saying? Like, we're no longer talking. There's a lot of discrimination and and just straight racism in the linguistics um, field. There's a lot of, Mm -hmm. even referring to some of the languages as Creole languages. There are people who take offense to that in a sense because most of the time that the term Creole is used, it's in reference to to a language created by people of color. In mm-hmm. language, and typically those people of color are colonized people of color. It's very seldom used in reference to languages that are created by people who are not of color. And so mm-hmm. you know, if you, you think of, of, of English as essentially um, Romance, Latin, and Germanic languages come together to create what we now know as English, but they will not call English a Creole or English a pigeon or English. English will just simply be a pure language in and of itself. And so that's why mm-hmm. when I refer to, um, to, to Gullah, I just simply call it a language. Now, every now and right. then, there's, it's necessary for, for 
purpose of specificity to say uh, it's it's a Creole language in order to show where it came from and where um, the region, you know, right? Yeah, and where we currently are with it. Um, and so, even if you are of the the ilk that says no, this is an indigenous language that has nothing to do with Africa, like it doesn't do with anybody else, or whatever. The truth of the matter is. You cannot deny that there is obviously um, in, there are obviously words from different languages, you know, infused into the Gullah language and into the Gullah phrasing, um, right. and in the Gullah right. lexicon. And so there, there's you know there's that. And so you 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 do have to admit on some level for what we call creolization in linguistics that is how it came to be. But it still is a language in and of itself. Because it has its own rules, it's a rule-governed language, um, not something that's just random or some um, sort of broken version of another thing. It, it has its, mm-hmm. own, its own rules, and the way that we do these things um, are not at random. And in, in fact, what's interesting is that a part of the preservation um, process for me is that I, I also teach people who are speakers of the language, like there are people who are native Gullah Geechee speakers. What people mistake is that you believe in a sense that if you speak the language, then you can teach the language as a a critical course. If that was the case, everyone who speaks English would make a 100 in English class. And right. that doesn't happen. Because obviously exactly. there's more to speaking English than being able to literally speak English. And I think that what's happening is that people aren't always used to. And I've seen this happen with um, people who are, you know, uh, have an idea of what Gullah is, and that that idea is negative, and they do not know uh, that there are rules and, 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 you know, grammatical um, structure in regards to the language. You know, there's all of that. We have our own syntax and, and, and all of that. And so... With them, they're, they're so used to having such a basic conversation about the language that when you start talking to them about the rules of the language and why certain things are the way that they are and why we use um, certain sounds and how ingenious it is to be able to take these, um, these phrasings and use them in a way that almost you, you, in many instances, you almost need to be a native to know what it means. Um, you couldn't just be somebody who came in, who came in from out of town, and just hopped up in the middle of somebody's conversation. Yeah, you can't do that. Not in, not in, in many instances. And and so that's what happens when people say, "Well, oh, it's just <clears throat> it's just broken English." Well, if it's just broken English, then anybody who speaks English should be able to just kind of, you know, tag in. And, and that's the case. At all. So, Michelle, we're going to take a quick commercial break, real quick, darling. And I want to invite, I know we got people listening online, and I want to invite people to call into our studio line if you want to pose a question, ask a question, take part of the conversation. Our studio number is 347-826-7520. And uh, we're going to come right back and, and dive right back into this exciting topic. Everybody, hold on for just a second. We'll be right back. We're live on Loud Mouth Radio.
You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Recent auto accident, back pain, neck pain, stress, headaches? Ewing Chiropractic can help. Here at Ewing Chiropractic, our office utilizes an approach of pain relief measures for the treatment of auto accidents, slip and falls, sports, and on-the-job injuries, as well as acute and chronic pain. We can be reached at 678-586-3592 and located at 5459 North Henry Boulevard, D.C. in Stockbridge, Georgia. Healing the injured one spine at a time. We can be reached at uinchiropractic.com. And everybody know what time of year it is It's getting ready to get into that tax season So I know if you haven't already done your W-2, 1040 Whatever you need to file for this year's tax season I think it's time that you get with somebody who's going to help you And get you done And many of us are already looking at the next car we're thinking to purchase So how about this I'm off on Bad Credit Car Guru One of our own special media partners Is offering you an opportunity no matter if you've had bankruptcy in the past, divorce, repossession, no credit scores, seriously, your credit doesn't even matter. Offering two years, 24,000 mile warranties, even um, Carfax, certified vehicle reports. All you need is a valid driver's license in the state of Georgia, proof of residence with a facility or a phone bill, a recent pay stub with a minimum of at least anywhere between fourteen dollars and $1,800 a month. Have your money down from 500 and up and give about three to five for this. They'll be sure to improve your credit by reporting to the credit bureaus every month. With personalized payments to fix your budget and over 1,500 low-mileage, quality-safe, and reliable vehicles in stock, you can't go wrong. Make sure you call Mike at Credit Card Guru at 470-272-9926. And make sure you tell him you heard him on Loudmouth Radio. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Ladies, are you looking for the next best find? Don Shay Shutique will bring out your inner glam. The lady herself, Miss Don Shay, is dedicated to providing you with the latest in Hotlanta fashion footwear. It'll make you stand out at every event. In addition to our amazing prices, we are the go-to source for high fashion footwear. So stop by and shop online. We're sure to have the right shoes for you www.donshay-shoes.com. That's www.donshay-shoes.com. Donshay's is the only place you can go to still be sane and have a shoe aside. All right, ladies, it's time to have a pamper party at the Sell You Sleek Studio at 175 New Street, in Georgia. Choose one of three services, whether it's a body wrap, a yoni steaming, a mini session, maybe even a wax. How about this? A facial? A sauna? Any vibrational plate workout sessions and Sell You Sleek? Excuse me, Sell You Like Treatment Processing done right here at the Sell You Sleek Studio, right in the heart of Macon. 
make sure you and your girls come together and have an opportunity. It's only one twenty-five per person. It includes wine and an opportunity for you to do something special for your birthday. Maybe have a girls' night. Just make a whole occasion. Contact Darlene at LaSalleSleekStudios.com. And that's spelled L-A-C-E-L-L-U-S-L-E-E-K Studio. And you'll have an opportunity to be ready for your 2019 body. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Hey guys, we're back on air. We're live. Had an opportunity to hear from our media partners. They had a great commercial. Hope everyone is having an awesome, awesome, awesome 2019. We're very excited to be back on air for the new year. And if you guys are in Atlanta, you already know there's a lot of movement going on in the city. We're going into the Super Bowl weekend. The weather's been all over the place. So if you're out here on the road, if you're moving around, you're listening to us. I know quite a few people are listening to us on air in their cars, on the radio. Um, if you listen to us right through your your car stereo um, on Stitcher Radio, we're also on TuneIn. Uh, any of the over hundreds of apps that you can connect with us now. And if you hadn't had an opportunity to hear this show from the beginning, do not fret. All of our shows are available 24-7 on demand. And you can look us up right on your iPhones. If you have iTunes, just go right into your podcast and follow our radio network, Loudmouth Radio with two Ds, and be able to hear the show. I've been talking some real conversations tonight. And, uh, Jazzy, I know we're back on air. And our guest, and I'm going to make sure yes, I say his yes, name yes. a little bit better this go-round, Summer Shoe. Summer Shoe. Summer Shoe. Yeah, Summer Shoe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Summer Shoe, that's right. I'm yeah, getting yeah. it. I'm going to say it till I got it right. But I'm going to tell you, it's amazing how you talk about language and the language of people and racism. And I'm going to tell you what's amazing. For a very long time, people of color and different ethnicity groups a lot of times been marginalized because of the way they speak. Right. Right. And when you have something that has such a longevity of history and culture, um, such as Gullah and, and the Gee language, um, there's many times you have people that come from these generations that would be afraid to speak because of the fact of, of uh, people's response to them. Or like you said, people make, trying to make fun of the language and not honoring the language. So before we went to a commercial break, I know we were touching on quite a bit. Um, Jazzy, did you want to uh, just kind of start off with a question? Um, that... Thank you. Okay. I do. Thank you so much. And once again, we're so ecstatic to have you on our show and to be the first of our 2019 journey in Loudmouth Land. Um, Happy to be here. Where did I get that from? Who, who, where did I get Loudmouth Land from? But anyway, whatever. Um, hey, it works. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on. What I do want to um, discuss, two things. One, how did the opportunity for you to go from South Carolina to Harvard um, to teach the language, how did that come about? And then I kind of want to detour back to South Carolina because I do want to talk um, a little bit about your history um, with your family, and then I want to talk about Mama's House because there is an additional purpose um, for this show, definitely we want to talk about how um, the language is being taught and how you got to Harvard, but we do want to take come back because we're living through you. Many of us don't have the heritage um, that you have as far as knowing 
where we came from, knowing who our families um, are and our lineage. Um, you and Sonny are very blessed to say this is who we are, these are our people, this is where we came from, but me, myself, and I have a, I'm still wearing my ex hat. Um, so it's really we learn where you are and how you got there, but definitely we want to take it back to Mama's house. So tell us, because we were talking about the language and how you're teaching it, but definitely how you got there, and then let's go back home. Um, excuse me, how I um, ended up getting to Harvard is pretty straightforward. Um, the Fortunately, a couple of, it's really serendipity, really, um, because a few different uh, things came together at a head at one point, um, which is uh, first and foremost being that the program director, um, Dr. John Magani, um, Professor John Magani, ha- had already been familiar with uh, Gullah, the Gullah language. Um, he's a polygon himself who speaks, um, you know, very many languages. Um, Gullah was mm-hmm. not one of them. And um, so he's, he's always had like a, a, an interest in the language um, all along. And he is the uh, person who is the one who um, brought me on and he's the uh, director of uh, the African language program uh, at Harvard. And so there's that. Um, and the second element coming together um, was. <laughs> and so that is, that, there, there it is. Mm-hmm. Well, the second element being that a um, grad student um, wanted to take the language um, for purpose of of, uh, their own uh, research and um, things that they're working on. That's one of the things is in order to take the languages, they're typically for academic purposes. And so um, Mm -hmm. for academic reasons, the the grad student wanted to take the language, um, but they currently, at the time, did not offer it. Um, It it wasn't at the the school. And so um, those two things coming together, um, to make a long story short, there's a process by which um, they go about bringing on um, someone for situations like this when um, there's a request for a language that's not there. Um, and they went through that process um, to no avail and ultimately ended up coming to me um, where uh, the uh, grad student uh, knew me socially and um, gave me a call and said, hey, uh, would you consider coming down and talking um, with, you know, Professor Morgani about um, the program? And I um, immediately, uh, after years and years of, of being a part of, uh, of academia and a part of the school system where Gullah simply wasn't given a fair shake, um, I think I went mm-hmm. into that meeting um, thinking that that's probably what was about to happen. Another um, blow win, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, you 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 have you bring that um, because you know you've you've had um, so many letdowns um, and you've had so many issues in academic settings um, in schools and this is you know one of the top schools in the world and so you're thinking okay correct you know I'll I'll I'll, I'll go and have the conversation um, and this is an elder um, you know he's you know, black <laughs> and I grew up. In a, in a way where you when you're invited, and um, especially in the social setting, and in and, and, and an honorable um, invitation is extended, you accept. And so, of course, right. I, I went down there, and um, and and met with him, and it was a wonderful conversation. It was a wonderful, uh, illuminated kind of conversation that um, I was able to um, show and express knowledge of the language, execution of the language, the ability to teach the language. Um, in a condensed conversation, 
um, which then uh, got me recommended for another part of a process that would, uh, you know, check to see that I can actually do the job and um, and be uh, be essentially verified. Uh, one of the fortunate things about um, being a part of, a, of an African language program um, that's so vast is that there are regions of Africa where the um, Gullah language is is uh, believed to have derived from which um, Gullah language is believed to derive, and those people are there. And so when you have someone who's from that region who's able to say, yes, that is actually in keeping with our language, or this, we have that same word, um, you know, in that's our incredible. language. You can, to be able to verify, like, yes, these, these things are things that we have in common. We use the, the use of the sound E, the, um, you know, the word, use of the word uno, you know, all of these different words um, having in common. And so when you have um, people around who can verify that this is in, indeed the genuine article, um, that allows you to be able to make the call. And, um, and, and that's, you know, the rest of they say was literally history. <laughs> From there, it was literally history. Um, and, wow. and, you know, what led to me teaching um, at the school. Um, and that was, that was, you know, something that uh, it, it seems like such a while ago. It, it seems like a combination of just yesterday and, and, a, and a while ago, depending on the day. But it seems like a, a combination of, of the <laughs> two. Um, and one of the things that, uh, that, that I was happiest about um, is just being able to honor all of the people um, who are at home that I know speak the language and have been, you know, I've, I've been living and in, in being energized vicariously through my community um, and hearing people talk about it and them take pride in it and, and feeling the, the sense of validation and the sense of achievement. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my mantra, you know, is, you know, we out champ which is something that is really uh, for us, by us. It's, it's a, a, a thing that helps me feel empowered wherever I go, we go, um, you know, sort of credo. And that really is what we're about um, as a community. And so I remember being stopped by a sister who was, in, who was uh, at least in her 80s, at least. And she stopped me in the store. She had seen me. Um, you know, in a paper, and she, mm-hmm. you know, said expressed pride in you know what I was doing, and then she tells me her story about how her her Gullah language and inability to code switch adequately had held her back so much in life that essentially she had stopped speaking and relegated herself to oh, manu- manual labor, and um, it had cut short a lot of her higher aspirations and she had um, relegated herself to manual labor um, and she has won she she wondered aloud what would it have been like if she was able to have an example like that to inspire her to keep going forward and um, she just basically had encouraged me to keep doing what I was doing and and, and let me know that um, that my story was essentially the manifestation of her dreams which really listen I am not even trying to That's front like I'm some big tough I'm saying it got me right there in the store. Like it really, really touched me. And, and, <laughs> and, and you know, things like that um, get you. And, and, and I remember that every time I'm on campus. I remember that every time I'm in school. Um, I remember that mm-hmm. whenever I'm making mm-hmm. any decision, um, 
is um like my you know my dad when um when I was little um, he would tell me to say hey you know you ain't the same me out there in no short pants and that basically meant don't go out there and make me look stupid don't make me look like a fool like you ain't embarrass me wow. and I mean mm-hmm. that's a part of your people is ingrained in your head to represent and represent well do not go out there and make all look yes. yes. yeah don't show your behind out there and so in when I'm out here representing the culture um you know it, it's it's ingrained in me to be sure that people like her um that I represent well for um for us all and people like her people like my mom um, and my dad and my family and my friends who um you know had a, a, a I've talked about it before who went to a, a student teacher a parent teacher meeting um, at school um for her for their daughter um, who was taught, thought to have had a learning disability or speech impediment and then when they get to the meeting as it turns out when they ask her to read, um, what they were referring to as a learning disability or a speech impediment was that she was Geechee. Like her Gullah Geechee way of phrasing was thought, was looked at as it was some sort of impediment by the teachers who were not familiar with the way that she spoke, mm-hmm. which is incredible considering that this happened in a, in Charleston County where, you know, the language, where it's the epithet of the language. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that, that, you know, for me, it was of service um, to our community. I understand and, 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 uh, and even on some level can identify with the concerns um, that some people have in regards of whether or not popularizing the language in a mainstream will take away from the language and um, whether or not that's truly a part of the preservation process. And I believe that it is. Um, in many ways, one of the the least of uh, which um, not being that we have issues like real world issues that are going to require some sort of cooperation and corroborative uh, efforts with other people. And people tend to care more and people tend to invest themselves more in issues that they know about. And if they don't know that we exist, people... People think that we somehow magically went extinct after slavery. You know, mm-hmm. um, they, mm-hmm. they, 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 you know, I've heard people say like, you know, I well, heard there's only ten thousand of you left, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, hey, where can we find some Gullah Geechee people? Like, where are they? I'm like, at the Seven Eleven, like in the grocery store, <laughs> like they do right there across the street. Like, you know, I don't know, me. You know, what are you talking about? You're not like at Harvard, perhaps. Bars, you know, <laughs> looking for leprechauns. Like here we are. What are you talking about? You know, and 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 so I think that being able to expose them to the fact that we're here, mm-hmm. and um, we we exist and we have real world issues, and that we have contributed a wonderful thing, that we've contributed an amazing thing, a beautiful thing. That is is still intact and here to be, um, you know, uh, passed on. Like that, we've mm-hmm. been a credit in many different ways to our culture and the broader society. There are so many things that are of Gullah Geechee roots that most people don't even know that they're of Gullah Geechee roots. Aside from, um, you know, Kumbaya, the song Kumbaya, like they don't even know that that's actually a Gullah Geechee song in its origin, and that the word Kumbaya isn't actually a word. It was actually a phrase. Uh, for come by here, and that was a, a prayer right. by Gullah Geechee people for um, asking for deliverance, and it was come by here. But people who recorded it, um, you know, captured it as one word 
um, kumbaya, then that's the way that it's spelled. And and that's only mm-hmm. because ya is how we say here in, in Gullah. And so that's that one of those fascinating things. fascinating to learn that. You know, well, um, I, grew up those, I grew up singing it. Yeah, I grew up singing it and, and understood it to come from slavery, but to hear the newfound understanding of it from Gullah Geechee, I'm just like, yes, this is so cool. Well, I mean, there people will sing, people sing, you know, Michael Lowe, the Buddha Show, Hallelujah. That's Gullah of Gullah origin. Michael Rode the Buddha Show. Yes, they're, they're um, you know, the, the song You Got to Move by the Rolling Stones. Um, that's mm-hmm. actually a, Gullah, a song of Gullah um, origin. Um, I have a you know group of friends of mine um, you know uh, in a group called Ranky Tanky, and they uh, which is which is itself um, the, the the term Ranky Tanky is like basically an exclamation that means like yeah or get down get funky like you know it's an exclamation um, celebratory mm-hmm. exclamation and they do um, you know uh, contemporary jazz sort of uh, interpretations of traditional Gullah mm-hmm. songs. And they're expanding into original songs of their own as well as the the uh, interpretations of, of Gullah uh, songs. And they're a wildly um, you know successful and popular band that's increasing in their popularity. And I think that that's a part of this collective effort. Um, you know, them on the music front, myself on the academic front, and other people in different arenas who are helping to show that Gullah Geechee people are here and not only here but contributing marvelous things to um you know our not only for ourselves but also to the world around us now just imagine if you know about these people if you know about us and our contributions and then you hear about our plight and you hear about the things that we're we're, that we're going through and 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 the loss Mm -hmm. of our land um it, it sh- we shouldn't have to qualify for sympathy and empathy, but the reality is people care more about things that they're emotionally invested in. And right. you ask yourself, if, you, if you hear that, mm-hmm. yeah, well, when you hear that, um, oh, there's X amount of acres of the rainforest that's lost per day, um, not everybody says to themselves, I wonder what the human toll of that loss of land is. Like they, they're not really thinking about that because you don't, you know, out of sight, out of mind. You don't see them. So a lot, the average person doesn't really think that way. And I don't want to be, I don't want Gullah Kichi people to be that, that, that out of sight, out of mind. I want us to be here and on your mind um, to be seen and visible. And that's a part of making it more visible, a part of showing that this language is um, itself a language and uh, a, a, a work of, of, uh, of genius. So that when you do hear, oh well, the coastal, um, you know, the coast of Carolina, or in, in you know, Sapelo Island, or in, in parts of Georgia, parts of Florida, part, parts of even you know North Carolina, where we're losing a lot of our land um, that was at one point in time considered hostile territory, at one point in time considered unlivable, and no one wanted to be there, and um, mm-hmm. to a point where they would leave. Uh, enslaved people there for long periods of time with no one but themselves and or their overseers um, and, and trapped by, uh, you know, an alligator, like gator-infested waters, um, you know. But now you can't stay away from it and, 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 you, and we can't stay on it, you know, without there being a fight. 
um, with the very mm-hmm. same people who had relegated us to those lands. And so that's the thing um, where I try to use whatever platform, whatever, you know, ampli- you know, you know, amplification of my voice that I have um, to try to bring, you know, some sort of attention to those issues um, and not only for people from the outside in, but also to energize people on the inside out uh, to become right. more um, literate about real estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. You know, I mean, and, and not just vigilant, but actually add some some uh, information to to that inspiration. Like pair those two mm-hmm. together, so that we not only want to really get up and do something, but we're more well informed as to what it is we should be doing. Um, in our in our own behalf, um, which brings me Absolutely. to uh, my um, situation with my mom um, is uh, we are now in the process of trying to follow through with the rebuilding of her home, um, which was the epicenter of our own little Gullah community. Um, her mother was the matriarch of that community before she passed away. And my mother essentially um, became the matriarch from that point. And having her home, um, you know, having lost her home and, and being removed as the heart of that community has really had an effect on the community um, overall. And uh, we're trying to rebuild that not only for her, but also for the broader um, benefit of the community, which is now really being, you know, surrounded and clamped down of, um, by way of gentrification on on the sides of our family property, which has been in the family um, essentially since the 1860s. I've heard that it was actually um, before the 1860s and 1850s, before we could actually own it outright. Um, This land has been, you know, in the family. And so Mm -hmm. when you have uh, people coming over across your gates and people um, coming down your road to see what, what your property um, looks like back there and, 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 and going down and getting information at the county, going to get information to see if they can get a, you know, a plat map to see how many acres you have and who owns them. And then just never being satisfied with the land that they've already poached on their side of the fence, but to, to mm-hmm. continually try to find and maneuver ways to um, get the land from underneath us. Um, it's just that much more important that we, um, preserve not only the land, like literal ownership of the land itself, but even the residences on these lands. And sometimes that takes a, communi- um, a community effort. Um, yes. in, in, in truth, many of, a lot of what ends up resulting in the loss of the land is the lack of resources and funds. You have someone mm-hmm. who lose 17 acres because they don't have $1,700 to pay the tax. You know, Whoa. and so you you have people who go through these land tax auctions or these land tax thing, you know process where they will pay the tax or these land auctions where the land has been seized, and for the price of you know back taxes, uh, you can take away somebody's you know family inheritance um, because yeah. they were not able to to maintain it, and so a lot of times the way that the land is being taken, and I know that the popular narrative. Um, is that essentially these greedy corporatists are coming in and by surreptitious means and nefarious practices taking the land from the people. Now, in principle, there's a large portion of that that is essentially true. It, it, at least it feels true. 
But the truth of the matter is what they're doing is they're exploiting the law. What they're doing is actually, in certain instances, illegal. They're just exploiting the law and capitalizing mm-hmm. on the weaknesses of people right. who do not have the money to defend their right. interests. Um, mm-hmm. And also there's an issue of heirs' property, which is when you have a family of people, multiple parties who uh, own land together, as essentially a co-op owning the land together, but there's no no uh, clear uh, deed or a clear title between them as to who owns the land, and therefore they rule by committee. And essentially, all a developer or someone has to do is convince one of those persons to sell, and the other so, ones would then have to either buy them out at market value or sell. And, of course, these people don't typically have the money to be able to match that price or, or buy that person's share at market value, and so they end up having mm-hmm. to sell. Now, in many instances, wow. the, the, they find a family member who lives in, in Jersey mm-hmm. or somebody who lives out in Long Beach or somebody who out in Idaho away from it. Mm-hmm. who isn't even on the land. And you have yourself, either you can continue to pay taxes on this land that you don't live on. Some of them don't even pay taxes, but even if you pay taxes on this land that you live on, um, uh, or go ahead and get a, a, a fallout of cash when your distant relative dies that you didn't even really know like that. So if you're someone out in, 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 you know, in Kentucky, and you know, or uh, out in Missouri, and in somewhere out in Washington State, and your you know grandmother's brother, you know, died out in St. Helena or in in Johns Island, and left behind mm-hmm. fifty acres or twenty acres, um, and you get a piece of that. Now, if somebody's saying, "Hey, I'll give you X amount of thousands of dollars for that," well, you live in Washington State. You're not you're not there. That's not going to affect you at all. And so, of course, you sign off on it for the sale, not stopping to think that you royally uh, screw the family members who do live on it. And so, when there's not that, so there's there's you know that's the flip side that we seldom talk about is sometimes the familial infighting is contributing to the loss of land um, for some people as well. And it's, it's not always the outside element that comes in. And does it, but it is that outside element that's sometimes stoking the infighting and preying yeah. on, yeah, yeah, and preying on, and exploiting that um, that distance between those family members. So all of those things um, are things that uh, associations like the um, Gullah Geechee Cultural Heritage Corridor, um, you know, that those those uh, are organizations that can help um, get people educated about. Um, these issues and how to better protect themselves, how to better defend themselves um, from things like that. Um, and to me, that's why it's important to be, um, you know, in support of those types of things and in support of those types of organizations. I certainly am. Um, you know, Heather, Hodge, um, Heather Hodges is the executive director um, when the um, news broke of my, um, you know, time at Harvard. Um, she was very supportive, and I met with her, and we spoke as well. She was uh, very welcoming and, and offered up any assistance that she could possibly <clears throat> excuse me, offer um, in order to um, help forward, you know, the agenda of making sure that Gullah Geechee people are um, seen and, and valued 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping that, you know, it, it, it's, it's twofold. I'm hoping that being able to hopefully raise um, awareness and uh, funds uh, for uh, the rebuilding of a mother's home and the rejuvenation of the um, the community that it's in um, is something that's just a microcosm that we can apply to other communities, other Gullah communities in the surrounding areas uh, to be able to do more for them as well, all of us collectively to be able to do for them. Because ultimately, uh, there's no way that we can maintain the identity of Gullah Geechee culture and the the people without the land. Because it is tied intimately connected to the land. And so the more that we lose of that, the more that we lose of ourselves, and that is simply unacceptable. Um, And so I try to, and and everything that I do, um, make sure that I... I double back to um, making sure that it never strays too far away from that. And you can tell in most interviews that I, um, that I do and, and most interviews I've done, if you um, listen long enough, it will eventually work its way back to, um, to that as an issue, to real-world issues, to real-world um, things that are, 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 are you know, pending for us. And it's not just the land, I should say. But you have to remember these are the descendants of people who were at one point in time um, undervalued and disenfranchised, and there are still things that, generationally speaking, um, need to be addressed in regards of education, in regards of economic opportunities, the ability for us to be able to use our arts and crafts and our trade, um, you know, in, in, in the city where we're from without having our children uh, being sent to jail or arrested or harassed for selling palmetto roses. Um, without having, you know, the situation where we're being uh, you know, wrangled into certain parts of town and we can only sell there and only if we do it right. a specific way. In a town that became, you know, popular, in a town that became a tourist attraction because of our work and because right. of our craft. You're so right. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're literally, when you have, uh, you know, the marketing of the Antebellum South being one of the main attractions to a city, and the thing that made that Antebellum South as popular and as wealthy as it was was the benefits of our labor. Essentially, what you have is a, a city right. wherein your own oppression is the number one tourist attraction. That's and right. you're not able to be able to capitalize off of your own labor freely the way that the, mm-hmm. the municipality is able to capitalize off you freely. And so those are also issues in regards of financial um, and, you know, literacy, being able to to know how we can make money, um, how we can make a living, how we can create opportunities for ourselves. And if you've ever been to Charleston or spent any time in Charleston, there's so much talent there. I've I've, I've traveled and I've been in lots of cities, lots of major cities. And I know that there are cities where um, there are transplants, like in, say, in, in, in L.A., um, mm-hmm. you know, I've most, a lot of the talent that I saw were people who were not actually from L.A., even though they're, you know, 
you know, get it twisted. There's lots of native people in LA who are talented. I'm saying that in the circles that I ran to, it's, it's one of those places, Hollywood is one of those places where people come from somewhere else to make it there. Right, to be there. As, right. right. Absolutely. As opposed to Charleston, where the people are from there. The talent is actually from there. You can find it. You can find so many prodigies in churches. You can go walk into in so many churches and see children playing at a masterful level and those people going on to uh, to, to play in ways, like I, I mentioned my friends um, in um, Ranky Tanky before, each one of the members of that group is extraordinary at what they do. It's not just like they're pretty good, but it's they're extraordinary at what they do. And that's homegrown talent. Um, nice. I think that I'm I think I think I'm I at what I do. <laughs> and I'm homegrown talent. <laughs> you know, I ain't too shabby myself, you know. And I know that's right. homegrown talent. You know, and so it, it, it's when you grow up around that, and this is probably the next statement that I make will probably seem kind of odd, but that's what makes it hurt when mm-hmm. you see so much wealth, so much black gold around you and it's just being strip mined by other elements and we're not benefiting from our own labor to the extent that other people are benefiting off of us. Um, right. Even what do you think is gonna whether, help what do you think is gonna help turn that corner? And I know and I wanna ask this real quick, um and I know we're we're pretty but we got about a good five minutes left in the broadcast suite and I want you to answer that question and then as we kind of get close to the conclusion, could you please share, I want you to share your social media and whatever information that people can connect to, uh, you know, participate and donate and the GoFundMe and all of that good stuff that you have. Absolutely. Um, first and foremost, um, I think that what will turn it around is what is turning it around. I think that if we okay. continue to do what we're doing, which is um, the more shows that Ranky Tanky does, the more popular they are, they take a message with them whenever they do shows. They're ambassadors of the culture. The more people that I speak to, I'm also an artist and a performer myself, the more people that I come into contact with um, in academic circles or artistic circles. Um, you know, um, K.J. Cherney, he's, 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 a, um, you know, he's a writer as well. Um, and the more people who are from the area that are being, um, you know, talked about and trying to make these things happen. These are people who um, are keeping us visible. These are people who are keeping our our Mm -hmm. contributions visible, the things that we're doing visible. And and that's one of the things that I um, think is is a way around it, is we just simply have to make sure that we don't just go away quietly and allow the things that we've contributed to be made use of um, right, right. from ourselves as the creator of those things. And so we just kind of have to keep doing it. There's no one, you know, silver bullet that we can use um, that will, you know, you know, fix it all. I mean, we, we won't be able to do it all in one um, setting. But um, we can do things that, you know, there, there are people who are doing of their own YouTube uh, Gullah language and Gullah slang clips um, Gullah Gucci, mm-hmm. uh, you know, retail yeah, for clothing, yeah. marketing. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep on expressing 
ourselves, keep on showing people that we're here and that we have something of value to contribute. Like just keep doing that and, and not allowing other people to tell our stories. If we take control of our own narrative, we have a chance. Now, um, if you'd it. like to get in, in, in touch with me, virtually all of my social medias have the same thing, and that's S-U-N-N-M-C-H-E-A-U-X. Sun Michaud, um, S-U-N-N-M-C-H-E-A-U-X. Now, that would be whether it's Twitter, um, you know, at Sun Michaud, whether it's um, my Instagram is at Sun Michaud, S-U-N-N-M-C-H-E-A-U-X. My Facebook, which is kind of maxed out on Friends, but you can still um, subscribe, um, <laughs> is, is uh, his son Michelle as well. I just and then made it. it. Yay. Yeah. And then there's <laughs> GullahTeacher.com, which is G-U-L-L-A-H-T-E-A-C-H-A.com, GullahTeacher.com. Um, and that will take you to a, a, a resource that I'm creating, that I've created to help. Uh, familiarize people with some of the basic elements of the Gullah language. Um, and, you know, that's, those are my socials. So, and then for Mama's uh, House, because we got to get Mama's House back up completely. Absolutely. Um, for that, um, for the, the GoFundMe, um, you know, link, um, you go, go to my socials, add me on my socials and that's where you'll, you'll get that link because, um, I hadn't created a dedicated link for it, like slash, um, thing for, um, GoFundMe. Um, so, um, in order to contribute to that, well, if you want to contribute directly, um, to go to the GoFundMe, um, link or to cash app, you can just send it to, and I think it's with cash app, the addresses have a dollar sign at the beginning of it. And mm-hmm. so it's like the uh, like the dollar sign uh, Gullah Teacher G U L L A H um, T E A C H A. So that would be for Cash App is like the dollar sign Gullah Teacher, and um, for the GoFundMe and the other links, just come to my um, my Instagram or my Twitter or my Facebook, and they are all under um, at S U N N M C H E A U X. Yes, GoFundMe links will be there as well. Exactly, and my goal for you, honestly, is what I, um, and quickly um, I'll state this, is that at some point this becomes a nonprofit organization where people are able to see the land and come and get some really good cooking from, you know, the Gullah Geechee teacher (laughs) and just understand why and and, and being being connected to the land, being connected to the food and connected to the experience, when I see that and when I'm a part of that, and it doesn't have to be all of the land. It could just be here is the portion, here is this, or or something that is taught, a song, or, or something where people can be a part of that experience. It's so much easier for people to say, I want to make sure this is preserved. I want to make sure that this, this history, this you know, emancipation history is continued because we cannot let it die. It just cannot. The legacy has to continue. The trees have to continue to be as broad and as big and not developed from something else. You know, so Absolutely. I'm, I'm hopeful we're going to follow, definitely follow you, um, encourage you and be a be a um, amplifier to your voice as much as we're able to do because I, I mean, I just took it so personally because 
I don't have that history that I know of. It's not that it's not there, but but finding it, you know, some break-offs. And so anytime I find people that have that history, it is so important for me to connect and to lend a voice, lend a hand as much as possible to make sure that it doesn't die. So I'm so proud of you, and I'm so, you know, like I'm a stepchild somewhere over in the connected bloodline, so just, you know, Invite me to the cookout. That's all I'm saying. Well, I think I think you absolutely. Um, I, I I just wanted to say that I appreciate your invitation, and I'm always anxious and eager to um, help out our publications um, and media, um, particularly not only you know black people, but particularly black women. I think that there's um, a time and a space um, for people who have probably not only been dealing with discrimination, but dealing with it doubly so because you have to deal with not only um, the issues of of being black in a white power construct, but being a black woman in a white power patriarchal construct. And so whenever, um, whatever sliver of of, of privilege or, or anything that I have that I can utilize for the benefit of people who may not have it, um, I think it's my obligation and responsibility to do that, and it just so happens that it's not only, um, you know, a duty but a, pre- a pleasure to do so. So I'm happy to support oh, well, both of you, you, and I appreciate your invitation. Thank you so much. Thank you and for we coming. Look to much success, and um, and we will go on your website. I've already been on it, so I'll be able to at least pronounce certain things well. I won't try to do, you know, uh, imagery because my my it's terrible. <laughs> it's yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, 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 and as far as um, like my name, just remember it's it's almost like Michelle, like M I C H E um, L L E. Like just imagine so Michelle, Michelle. Like show, like the show, like the show so must Michelle. go on. Like just like just put it together as Michelle. 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 Summer show. Summer show. Summer show. Yeah, I got it. Summer show. I got it. It seems more complicated if you look at it, but it's just Summer show. That's what's messing me up, man. I keep looking at it, and I'm just tearing it down. I don't think about it. Summer show. Summer show. Yeah, absolutely. See, I got some old show. Yeah. Yeah. Just plain old son will work, too. Okay, great. <laughs> Thank you so, so very much. Out is just crazy, right? Sorry. And just knocking it out. But that's how you do. That's how she does languages. We're not even going to talk about her French Please don't. This has France. been great. This has been, this has been a great show. Thanks coming out today. And this, this is the test of the emergency broadcast system. It's only a test. Okay. I won't tell it. I'll tell you for another show. But thank you so much. We know you want to go home. You've worked all day. Hugs and kisses. Be safe out there. And uh, we'll see you the next time. All right. Thank you. Bye. Well, honey. Man, Jazzy, we did it. First show of the new year was dynamic. Yes. I just really enjoyed this. I know people have been listening online. We've had people, man, I just got out of class. I'm going to listen to the show from the beginning. I just came in on it. People are driving. Listen, wherever you are, be safe, be careful, be blessed. I know we got about a minute. We're closing out. And I don't want the music to get real loud on me because that's what it's going to do in a second. So I want to make sure you, you stay tuned in with us. That. Yes. Bam, all day long, all day long. And I'm going to bring that on there, too. So for those who may just be now listening to the show, please tune in 
Um, look, you can download TuneIn, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, FM, Player, you name it. Almost hundreds and hundreds of apps, Two point two hundred fifty million listeners on all these various apps. We're available to you. You can download, text, email. And but like we're us. online, like honey. Us and we're on loud and like us radio. and follow us. Yeah. Yes, we're on Facebook, you can, we're you can on follow Instagram, us right on Facebook, we're on Twitter, Twitter, all that. Just stuff. remember, loud mouth with two D's. L O U D D M O U T H. Almost said M O U S E, but that's not loud mouth. Anyway, don't do it. So. Don't do it. Thank you to all of our media partners, <laughs> Bad Credit Card Guru, Dr. Ewan at Ewan Chiropractic, uh, Insurance Don't Associates Shane. of Atlanta. Donche Shoes at Donche Shoes. Um, you know what, guys? Thank you guys so much. As well as Luceu Sleep Studios, um, Darlene Roberts Williams. Thank you guys so much. We love you all. We are out of here.